This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Saturday, April 11th, 2020. On this day in 1955, 28-year-old English nightclub hostess and escort Ruth Ellis was charged with murdering her lover, 25-year-old race car driver David Blakely. The lurid details of the Ellis case attracted widespread public attention and permanently changed the British justice system. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering Ruth Ellis's murder of her lover, David Blakely. Let's go back to London, England on April 11th, 1955 at 12.30 p.m. Ruth Ellis stood before the magistrate, his eyes seemingly boring into her soul. It seemed almost incomprehensible that the slight, platinum-blonde woman could be capable of such a cold-blooded crime. But the facts were indisputable. The night before, Ellis had tracked down David Blakely at his local haunt, the Magdala Pub. The two of them had been in an on-again, off-again relationship since 1953. Even though Blakely was engaged to another woman, he briefly moved into Ellis's apartment, right above the nightclub where she worked. Things even got serious enough for him to break up with his fiancée and propose to Ellis instead. Although she was going through a divorce of her own, Ellis accepted. But it wasn't long until trouble started brewing in paradise. Even though Blakely was well aware that Ellis worked as an escort in addition to her nightclub hostess duties, he was extremely jealous. He was spending more and more time at the club. Watching his girl flirt with other men made his blood boil. Ellis didn't appreciate her fiancé's so-called protectiveness. It was extremely bad for business to have him constantly looking over her shoulder, and they were desperate for money. Blakely enjoyed a lavish lifestyle, but the earnings from his racing career were barely enough to fund it. The funds from his inheritance were running dry, too. Rather than blaming himself for their financial struggles, he took his anger out on Ellis. Driven by alcohol-fueled rage, Blakely beat Ellis badly enough to send her to the hospital, but she refused to leave him, even after he punched her in the stomach, causing a miscarriage. Throughout their tempestuous relationship, both Blakely and Ellis found comfort in the arms of others. When Blakely took a mistress, Ellis started spending more time with one of her most loyal clients, World War II flying ace turned accountant, Desmond Cusson. 
By April 1955, Blakely had had enough. A few days before Easter, he cut Ellis completely out of his life. She didn't take the sudden breakup well. April 10th was Easter Sunday, but rather than spend it cooped up in a church, Blakely preferred to sequester himself at his favorite pub, the Magdala. Around 9 p.m., a car pulled up outside the building. Ellis exited the passenger side, waiting for Blakely to emerge from the bar. When he came out, he walked right past her. It's unclear whether he was purposefully ignoring her or if he simply didn't recognize her in the darkness. But Ellis wasn't going to let him get away that easily. As he approached his car, she called his name. Then she fired two shots into his back with a revolver. And once he was on the ground, she fired three more. Although it was too late for paramedics to save Blakely's life, an off-duty policeman happened to be inside the pub. He rushed outside to see what the commotion was about and saw Ellis, the revolver hanging limply from her hand. She calmly handed him the gun and made no attempt to resist arrest. The next day, she was officially charged with murder. It seemed like an open and shut case, but things weren't as simple as they seemed. Coming up, Ruth Ellis faces her fate. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On April 11th, 1955, 28-year-old Ruth Ellis was charged with murdering her lover, 25-year-old David Blakely. The trial was set for June 20th of that year. It didn't seem like the prosecutors would have much of an issue getting her convicted. Aside from the eyewitnesses who saw her shoot Blakely, the night she was arrested, Ellis told the police, when I put the gun in my bag, I intended to find David and kill him. She was just as defiant at the trial. When asked what her motivations were for shooting Blakely, Ellis replied, It's obvious when I shot him that I intended to kill him. It took the jury all of 20 minutes to deliver a guilty verdict. At the time, there was no categorization for levels of murder in England. There was no first, second, or third degree distinction like there is in the United States. And convicted murderers could only face one punishment, death. Ellis's execution was set for July 13, 1955. But the day before she was to die, new details from her story came to light. During the trial, Ellis claimed she got the murder weapon three years prior. She said an American soldier had given it to her as a repayment for a debt. 
However, in a final interview with her lawyer, Ellis told him that she'd gotten the murder weapon only hours before the murder from her other lover, Desmond Cusson. Apparently, Cusson had always resented the special relationship Ellis had with Blakely. And when her relationship with the hotshot race car driver hit a rough patch, Cusson saw it as the perfect opportunity to get rid of his romantic rival permanently. Over the weekend of April 9th and 10th, while Ellis was in a haze of narcotics and alcohol, Cusson gave her the revolver. He showed her how to use it. Then he personally drove her to the Magdala pub. Upon hearing this, Ellis's lawyer rushed to inform the detectives at Scotland Yard. If what Ellis said was true, then there was a chance the charge against her could potentially be reduced. Her death sentence could be reversed. But with less than 24 hours until her execution, the police weren't able to mount much of an investigation. Their search for Cusson amounted to waiting outside his house for an hour. Although they were able to get a prison guard to confirm the story Ellis had told her lawyer, it wasn't enough to overturn the sentence. In fact, it only strengthened the case against her. As the guard told it, Ellis confirmed that she had asked Cusson to give her the gun. Even though he helped facilitate the murder, she was wholly responsible for it. The morning of July 13th, Ruth Ellis bravely faced her fate. Shortly before 9 a.m., she was given a bit of brandy. Then she was taken to the execution chambers and hanged. Ruth Ellis's execution didn't sit well with the British public. Yes, she had killed Blakely, but she had also suffered extensive physical and mental abuse. She deserved to be punished for what she did, but many believed she didn't deserve to die. Largely due to this public outcry, the death penalty for murder was suspended in Britain in 1965 and officially abolished in 1969. While the change came too late to save Ruth Ellis's life, her legacy ensured that nobody would ever have to suffer the same fate. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this one, check out the ParCast original, Crimes of Passion. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. 
Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Benedon, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 